Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total... We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and I have been informed that I have Corbin Burdenson on the line. We all know him from Major League and also L.A. Law. We're going to talk about ABC's Battle of Network Stars. Corbin, thanks for calling. How are you? Great. Good morning. Good morning to you. I I think it's great when you have a what's happening with ABC's Battle of the Network Stars. Did you do it a long time ago as well? No, in the, no. In the 80s? I, back when it started, I was just a young actor, and I used to actually sneak up there and watch the filming and just to see all the you know, hot girls in you know, swimsuits, uh, uh, I suppose. But uh, some 45 years later, and uh, they asked me to do it, and I thought, well, okay, but I'm not putting on a hot swimsuit. That's the only different thing. <laughs> and Corbin, it's great to reminisce about L.A. Law, right? Especially being on this lawyers team to remember, remember your days in L.A. Law, right? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I've done so much stuff since then, and you go back and everything's so focused on L.A. Law. You know, people think you think you remember everything, and, and you know, it's it's hard to believe it was almost thirty years ago. Exactly, for sure. And uh, now. Being you are you an athlete, Corbin? Because again, being in major league and stuff like that, did, were you good at sports growing up? Well, I'm not an athlete. I'm an actor. Uh, but there's a lot of actors out there pretending to be athletes. But that was a vow I made to myself. Even in well, major league, you got to look like you know what you're doing. You got to look like. But you know, the, any kind of reality competition, you get out there and you got these people all you know pretending that they want to be athletes, right? I let them do that, and I, I just I'm happy playing the role of Ringo, if you will, in the band. And <laughs> so, what would you consider yourself for for not being an athlete, an actor, trying to be an athlete? Do you think you're pretty good compared to some I watched some I of the I'm shows? Pretty, and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's not like I don't do things in my life. You know, I, I work out, I ski, I run, I I, I do things. It's just you. You, all these actors all of a sudden feel like they have to look like you know they're top-notch athletes, and that's just not a burden I put on myself. Uh, I do well. I mean, I do well. I mean, I did just completely screw my legs up in the first event, which was uh, running around the track at breakneck speed at 8 o'clock in the morning. My legs kind of blew out and said, oh, if that's the way it's going to be, it ain't happening. And what did you think? You know, you see some of these guys that are competing, like uh, it's the White House versus the lawyers tonight, and uh, LaMonica Garrett is in unbelievable shape. Uh, uh, I know him because of, uh, from a designated survivor, and so you have these people that are in great shape, 
seem like great athletes and others, as we talked about before, that probably never picked up a- any of these sports before. Right. So that's the competition well, process the big, that makes the, it so much fun. The big great divide here is who chooses to put on all the tight shirts. You know, they're the tight shirt people, and then those guys like me saying, uh, give me something a little more loose. I'll be one of those guys. Yeah, he was, uh, he's been great. He's got like an eight pack, which I've never seen before. Uh, uh, yeah, again, he, you know, it, it, that doesn't make you an athlete, however. You watch tonight, you'll see. I think I held up pretty well as an athletic person. Uh, being in that kind of shape does not necessarily you win. What would you say uh, is your best sport in this, in, in, in this competition, you think? Uh, jokester. Uh, no, uh, I, I was really good in the dunk tank just sitting there. Uh, it was the most amusing to me anyway. Uh, you know, I, I did shoot some hoops. I did a three point shoot, which, uh, I encourage everyone to watch, watch. Evidently I did pretty well over the entire net of the entire series. I did pretty well, which gave me great confidence in the day. I mean, you know, five foot ten white dude shooting three point shots, and uh, you watch what happens. You just watch what happens. <laughs> did you train at all before this event? Before the uh, bat, were, um, when you were told uh, no. you were going to, you were no. asked to do this? <laughs> I woke up, I rolled out of bed, put on my flip flops, and went and did it. No, no. Great. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Don't get, I don't take it that seriously. You know, it's like, oh, that one that works starts. You're going to go to the gym for a month beforehand. No, no, not at all. In fact, I had a big breakfast. Were there, were there, were there, but there are people that are very motivated and, and competitive that are in this uh, competition, aren't there? Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, the further I let them try to pretend that they're athletes, and I sit back and, you know, have a laugh at it, Better off I feel, you know. I, I say that I've done a couple of reality shows where you know you get these you know actors who want to show off their athletic prowess and uh, and uh, go for it, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back here. I'll I'll let you put yourself in. You ever it's like you ever see an actor who thinks they're a rock star? It's ridiculous. Exactly, exactly, and that's the thing. And there's competition between actors when it comes to just who play different roles and the competition of getting the job. So it just all depends in specific ways. How many people came up to you, Corbin, that made you feel like, oh, my gosh, saying, I remember watching you in L.A. Law or different things. It's probably interesting because you have a variety of actors and actresses in this competition that watched you when you were in L.A. Law or Major League and had questions that never met you before. Yeah, well, that happens every day. I mean, you know, the majority of people, I'm still amazed that people would come up at how young some are. Uh, you know, because L.A. Law is you know, 86, what is that, it's like 30-some-odd years ago. Uh, it's still amazing when people come up and they look like they're playing. They what you watch them from your crib. Uh, people want to know. It, it, what's really interesting to me now is, is it's a lot of this stuff, not memory. I mean, my memory's just fine, but it just, it, it feels so far ago now uh, that, you know, people want specific stories. It's like, man, I can't come up with anything here for you. Uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, people do. And, and it was interesting focusing, uh, doing Battle of the Network Stars on, on the whole LA law time. 
it amazes me it was so long ago. Oh, absolutely. And and I again, when I told my wife I was interviewing you, she was excited because she's such a huge fan of Major League. And you played a really kind of interesting guy, the bad guy in that one too. So I'm sure people that are huge sports fans love Major League and you get recognized and questions all the time about that as well. What an iconic film that was. Well, yeah, I mean, am- LA Law League and Psych. And then you get these oddballs that like the dentist or these off movies that I do. Um, but um, it's mostly Major League and L.A. Law, and then more recently, Psych. Absolutely. Any new projects you want to promote right now, Corbin, that's going on with you? Uh, directly, I just finished, that's my voice being a bit hoarse this morning. I just finished directing a film called Life is a Dog. Uh, it's the first time I, I wrote it and directed it. Uh, and I act in it, and uh, it's the first time I've actually made a dog star of a movie, which uh, certainly has its uh, challenges, shall we say, but uh, it came out okay. It, it came out fine, and uh, literally finished it 24 hours ago. Awesome. And everyone needs to tune in tonight to see what happens with Corbin, and if his team wins, 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 uh, and, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, Battle Network stars on ABC, and also... Are there places to follow you? Are you on Twitter and stuff, Corbin? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter in the last month because I've been directing, but uh, I'll heat it up. I'll heat up my Twitter account. I'm not sure if they're all Trump on it, but I'll heat it up. <laughs> all right. Well, good talking to you, Corbin. Best all of luck right. and right. good luck in, uh, in all your ventures. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you You're so listening much. to Neil Hill's show. All right, thanks. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back. We're back to the Neil Haley show, and I'm really excited to welcome the program. We all know him from Happy Days, Anson Williams. Anson, thanks for calling, and I'm really excited to speak with you today. How are you? Oh, I'm just great. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Now, tell me what you, looking back at your days on Happy Days, what was your fondest memory? of being on Happy Days? Oh, gosh. Uh, there's so many great memories. I think, basically, uh, I think the fondest memory was, was the camaraderie of the cast, the friendships. Um, doing the show was fantastic. So much fun, very creative. But Happy Days became so much more. Uh, Gary Marshall inspired all of us to educate ourselves, take advantage of being on the Paramount lot, and learn, um, you know, other areas of the business, wear other hats. I think that's why we're all still involved in the entertainment business behind the camera, all because of Gary. And I mean, there were, and as far as moments, there's so many memorable to- moments. John Lennon surprising us on the set. Ringo Starr surprising us on the set. John Belushi surprising us on the set. Henry Kissinger surprising us on the set. I mean, so many just amazing, you know, just, just fantastic times and surprises. Yeah, absolutely. Those fantastic times and surprises of that experience is amazing. And it's interesting you talk about Gary Marshall being such a great influence on all the cast because you guys are actors that are not very well-known, most of you, when it started in Happy Days, but you learned so much from Gary. You're able to all have successful careers after Happy Days. That's got to be something you really are thankful for Gary, yeah. Oh, well, Gary was a huge, huge uh, influence on us because <clears throat> he was more than just a boss. He was a friend, and he cared about us. And he, he, made, he literally made Paramount Studios a college. 
And he, he told us early on, you know, don't worry about the color of your wallpaper. Don't worry about stuff that's meaningless. Take advantage of where you are and learn. Wear other hats. He said, if you, he said if you, I'll set you up. If you want to learn to direct, I'll help you. If you want to write, I'll help you. So basically, you know, I was able to watch Roman Polanski do all the backlot shooting at Chinatown. I watched John Schlesinger directing Day of the Locust. I observed all the musical numbers they shot at Greece at the studio. I mean, I had such an opportunity to educate myself as a director because of Gary's influence. Um, and I think that's, you know, Henry is still incredibly active in front and behind the camera. Ron Howard's a god in, in the business. I was able to, to create a nice television career directing. And he also, uh, he also in, inspired me as an entrepreneur. I was able to go in the product business and create and develop, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of wonderful products through the years, all because of, of Gary caring about us and inspiring us to be, to be all we can be. That's, that's tremendous. And so Battle of the Network Stars, Thursdays, 9 p.m. on ABC. Now, when you're asked to do this, is this the first time, because I've asked certain actors I've interviewed, that they were on the original one. Were you on the original Battle of the Network Stars? No. It took me 40 years to get booked. Never say <laughs> die. I tried. I, hey, I wanted to be on that show so bad when it first was on the air. And they took Scott Bayo instead of me. I couldn't get booked. So finally, 40 years later, I get booked, you know. And so on camera, I say, never say die. Never give up. <laughs> so would you say you're an athlete yourself? Like, did you train at all to be well, ready for this? Well, um, <laughs> I don't know how much you can be ready for this one. I mean, I used to, you know, play football and play baseball and surf, and I was pretty good. But when you do Battle of the Network Stars, you go into a lot of events you've never done in your life. Like kayaking, little story, never kayaked in my life. Never been in a kayak in my life. First time in a kayak with paddles in my hand, it's on national television. And who am I going against? I'm going against Ian Ziering, who um, I used to direct in 90210. And, you know, Ian, he's this huge athlete. He stars in all the Sharknado movies, you know. He's an action star. Yeah. Well, he works out in kayaks. It's like a second skin, and I'm competing against him. You can imagine the comic relief. You've got to tune in for this. But, um, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. so it was, uh, it was, it was um, quite eventful. The episode airing next week, Anson? Yeah, the, uh, episode next Thursday night. With the... yeah, and guess, okay. who our coach, awesome. guess who our coach was? Oh, yeah. Who's your our coach? Our coach was Ronda Rousey. Wow. Yeah, Does she who is amazing. Does she what a wonderful person. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably have been asking. You probably want to text her now about this whole Conor McGregor thing and stuff. This is that's just nuts and craziness with Mayweather. Oh my gosh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I kind of think it's theatrics, don't you? Oh, I think it's a complete work. I was a former professional wrestler, Anson, and I think that this is completely a staged event, completely. So it's just to get people to spend money in sports in, in August. So I think that, that it's already yeah. a staged event. They're trying to put as much uh, emphasis into it, and there you go. I, I agree with you. It's, you know, it's P.T. Barnum. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to love it. Now, two major things. Uh, I'm, you have a recent life-threatening uh, experience with colon cancer. Can you share that? And then also your efforts with, dry, with drowsy driving. Go with colon cancer. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, you know um, last December, I'll, I mean, I was diagnosed with colon cancer, and the bad news is I got colon cancer. The good news is 
the doctor said, if you're going to get it, you got the one to get. So they were able to, uh, to get it out, and, and, and I'm clean. But I'll tell you, it's a wake-up call. It really puts mortality right there in front of you, and it really, uh, it really reprioritizes your life. It's like getting a second chance. But one thing I, w- I want to tell everyone out there listening, please go get your colonoscopies. Uh, it could save your life, and um, do your due diligence. Um, don't go through what I went through, no reason to. Uh, just go in there, get checked, and uh, this is something they can, uh, they can get rid of. If, if, but if they, they need to get it in time, and you need to do your due diligence by getting tested. Please do. Awesome. Definitely. I'm glad that you're, 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 you're surviving and, 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 and being in and being awareness for that. But then the other one that's really interesting, this whole drowsy driving thing, because again, lots of people work that they uh, kind of tell, share why that experience as well, that you were trying to raise awareness for that. Well, not only do we have awareness, uh, I don't know if, if, if people know this, but my uncle's Dr. Henry Heimlich, who created the Heimlich maneuver. And, yeah. And, in fact, together we got the Heimlich Maneuver on national television for the first time years ago on Merv Griffin. He's been a huge influence on my life, and he's a genius. He passed away this last December, but his legacy goes on by saving lives daily. And um, when I, years ago, I literally, coming back from directing, it was a hard, hot day of directing, and I fell asleep at the wheel and almost killed myself. And Dr. Heimlich said, Anson, keep cut up lemons in the car. And when you start feeling drowsy, bite into it. He, and he explained how the sour citrus hits the lingual nerve on top of the tongue. And, and basically it causes an automatic reflex reaction of, of adrenaline in the body. Naturally, nothing in your system. And you're instantly alert and instantly awake. And uh, I did that for years. And it, I never had a problem again. But also through the years, I went into the product business. We created and developed many, many products. And a few years ago, we were researching... And drowsy driving is catastrophic. It, is, it kills more people than drunk driving and drug driving combined. There's 168 million drowsy drivers. One out of five accidents are caused by it. Uh, one out of five people admit to falling asleep at the wheel. There are so many innocent families torn apart to unnecessary deaths. The average age is 18 to 25. And I thought about the cut-up lemons. I said, I, I, I think we can cure this naturally because of Dr. Heimlich's genius. So I called That's Dr. Great. Heimlich. And I, I, and I explained, I said, what if we take the right amount of citric acid, lemon water, put it in a spray drop, and what if we just spray the top of the tongue and hit that nerve? He said, oh, my God. He said, it's brilliant. He said, it will save more lives than the Heimlich Maneuver. So for the last two years, we developed and created this natural little spray called Alert Drops. You can go to alertdrops.com, see all the science behind it, why it works, the story behind it. But already... We have saved so many lives already. Loretta Switz going public next week, it saved her best friend's life, all because of Dr. Heimlich's genius, his understanding of sensory connection of tongue and brain. Anyone out there with a family, please have alert drops in your car. Anyone out there with oh. late-night shifts where you need to be alert, please have alert drops in your pocket. Dr. Heimlich's knowledge will save so many lives. There's no reason anymore to, for, for unnecessary tragedy with drowsy driving. That's tremendous. Okay, we are, so we everyone needs to tune in to see Anson tackle Battle Network stars this Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. And Anson, we can find information on you. Where's the best place we can go to find info uh, on you? Go to alertdrops.com. Alertdrops.com, and the life you save just may be your own. 
and watch Battle of the Network Stars next Thursday night. I think you're going to love it. All right, Anson, thanks for calling, and best of luck, and thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Have a great day. You too. Take care. All right, see you later. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back. It's the Neil Haley show, and I'm excited to welcome the program comedian Rick Gutierrez. Netflix special Good coming morning. up, a bunch of different things. Rick, are you excited to uh, what's coming oh, up dude. On, for you? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not mad. I'm just a parent. Is my new Netflix special, man, and it's exactly what I'm selling, man. I'm not mad. I'm, a, I'm just a parent. It's it's old school parenting, you know, the way I grew up, and uh, you know, I try to tell the kids how easy they have it compared to the way we did. I mean, you know, we had we we've got assaulted by our parents sometimes, man. But that wasn't. It was discipline. It was they're trying to teach us how to be a better person, and I try to explain that to the younger kids instead of the millennials who. Cry about everything and oh, you hurt my feelings with words. Shut up! <laughs> you hurt my feelings with belts. That's a big difference, my friend. So yeah, it's a it's a good special, and uh, you know it's one of those things where we started taping it. You know what better person you want than your best friend Gabriel Glaces, you know, to produce your special. You know that's what I tell everybody. It's not even work. It's you know going to play with your friends sometimes. You know, and I think a lot of times when we start getting into you know producing and and, and producing people, there's not enough Latinos on TV. So I'm very Honored that this is another one that, you know, me being, you know, Rick Gutierrez, Latino, you know, I'm not mad, I'm just a parent, is, you know, one of those things that I put out that everybody can understand, no matter what race you are. Oh, I agree. I mean, I have five kids of my own, Rick, and I want to invoke discipline. Then you see the parents down the street, and they let the kids do whatever they want. And really, uh, some of these parents, so you're like, what what's going on here, Rick? What what are we supposed to do? Dude, you know? it's like the thing about it is like you have you have zero through eighteen with your kids. That's that's all you have man, to teach them everything they have to do or know to be productive in life, right? And just they don't understand. It's like, dude, my my dad prepared me maybe too well. You know, they don't get jobs. I started working when I was nine years old. Nine years old, dude. I was sweeping floors at a restaurant. Nine years old. And getting paid five bucks a week, you know. So it's like you're, now you have to get a permit, you got to notarize, you got to be signed by the president of the United States, and the vice president's got to sign it too, just for you to get a job as a teenager, man. You know, what was your first job as a teenager? Delivering newspapers, Rick. Yep, I delivered newspapers. Oh. So I remember that. You yeah, know that, dude. We had we had paper routes, man. I might do. We used to throw the paper, and after school, it was a job we had. Then we had to go collect money from these weird people. Sometimes, they, you know, they smell. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Some of these people smell. <laughs> but, you know, you did do as a job. You, you know, you learn responsibility. You know, that's why I think the special I'm doing or did has a lot of there. It invokes a lot of those old feelings and old references and things I grew up with. And, you know, people that, you know, the younger people that see it, it's, you know, it's almost like they're watching their parents and all this stuff their parents always told them. I'm kind of reinforcing that in the special, man. So it's a fun special. You'll laugh your ass off. You can watch it with your kids. And, you know, it, it's a good time, man. That's, see, that's great. So that's where you see the connection that you want that, to be a comedian that's for everyone because you see that possibility by doing that, Rick, and the opportunities that can open up for your career even more if you can go mainstream in that way, not just comedy at comedy clubs and Netflix for only certain people. You're targeting them all, and you're especially targeting something that people want to talk about. They want to have conversations about and laugh about. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like the conversation is always 
nowadays it's like always so people people don't write too many books on how to raise kids. And then we start the same thing. They always state the same. I did a study. Well, I did a study too. My study finds out your study sucks. Your study doesn't work, man. It, kids are not something that you study. Kids are, are OJT. When you have them, you have no idea what this person's going to turn out to be, man. You know, you don't know if your kid's going to be crazy or a good kid or whatever, you know, but you try your best and try to push them in the right direction. Even though every day, no, you don't know dad. You don't have to feel dad. Like, shut up. You act like I've never been a kid before, man, you know, and <clears throat> they'll have kids and they'll tell them the same thing. And they'll grow up to be whatever you, they, they, you know, you push them to be, you know. That's what kills is they act like we don't know. Dude, you have kids. I got kids. We were kids. We played baseball outside till the dusk, you know, till it was late at night. You know, we couldn't go inside the house because our moms cleaned every day and, and they didn't want the house to be dirty, you know. So they, they act like we don't know, but we know. We absolutely know, man. <laughs> exactly, Rick. And uh, what do you think, when you talk to other parents, the advice you would offer them in a way of how you were raised or myself was raised or different people that how they can work through this, how they can figure out that, guess what, uh, you can't allow your kids just to be in complete control of your life. you got to be in control. No, you know, and, and I don't know if I can say this, but no bullshit. You know, kids, <laughs> just, just look, man, look, the, the simple rules of raising kids are exactly what we do. Discipline them, teach them manners, teach them to be responsible. That's all, that's all you give a kid because when they leave on their own, you know, they have to be presentable to the world. You know, it's like and kids are staying longer at home. They're staying, they're staying to like they're 25, 30 years old. I go, if you want your kids out of the house, just start walking around butt naked, man. That's how you get them out. Dad, you're naked. I know my house. Get out. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's that's great. I love I love it, Rick, because uh, it, it's 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 what it is. We gotta be speak. We gotta speak straight to them and all these different things, and, and that's key. So now, not just your Netflix special, you also have a show as well. So can uh, tell us a little bit about your show as well on uh, Fuse TV. Tell us about that too. Well, Fuse TV that came that was Gable's idea many years ago that he wanted to do a food show, and we couldn't he couldn't figure it out. But then he said. At the time, he was working out, and he's man. Right now, he is looking really good. The dude has <clears throat> lost a ton of weight. He's, uh, you know, still fluffy, but he's, you know, looking good. He lost a ton of weight, but he wanted to do something <clears throat> in a way that we could eat and have a good time and work it off. So we started. We came up with a show called Fluffy's Food Adventure, his show. And what we basically do is we go eat and then we go work out, and then we do all these crazy workouts, like we did pole dancing on the first episode. And uh, we ate at a place called a Heart Attack Grill in Las Vegas where, you know, it's like, you know, the, some of the biggest burgers. And it, there's a sign actually out front that tells you, if you do not like fat, do not come in here. If you do not like, you know, calories, do, don't come in here. It's like a big cigarette warning on a building, man. And you walk in there and there's, there's nurses and they feed you food. It's great. And then... But you know, you know, just then we go work it off, and we did pole dancing, which I thought was strange. I mean, you know, my stripping days are over, man. You know, I haven't been, I don't, I don't think there's a, a stripper body that I have right now. But I went out there and uh, we dried it. I got a cramp. I broke a pole, so you know, I did good. I did good. You know, lot, lot of fun. So again, now the Netflix special is it available now? Right now, Rick, that we can pick up, we can uh, stream yes, your actually, special. It's going to be there for a while. Yeah, it's going to be there for a while. Uh, so, yeah, let's make it trend for everybody listening around the country. Jump, log on. Funnyrig, well, funnyrig.com is my website. 
If you want to see a couple of clips or just get to know more about me, just go to FunnyRick.com. And also go to Cable's website, uh, FluffyGuy.com, and uh, check out Gable's website. He he recently got sick, and and, uh, and he had to take off for a while, not touring. And so he's back now. So I hope everybody can listen and give him some well wishes because he's made a lot of people laugh over the many years. And, uh, you know, just say hi to him. That uh, Rick Gutierrez said to say hi to him. And uh, it's be so cool. Fantastic. Well, thanks. Fantastic, Rick. Uh, best of luck. Good talking to you. And uh, good luck on your special and all your ventures, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I'm humbled by it, man. Thank you so much. All right, Rick. Take care, man. See ya. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show. With, uh, Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, and also on Periscope at Total Tutor. And I'm excited to talk to this guest because anytime I get to talk about the O.J. Simpson trial, I get excited because everyone remembers where we're at. So I want to welcome the program Celebrity from the People versus O.J. Simpson American Crime Story on FX, Bruce Greenwood. Bruce, thanks for calling, and how are you? I'm good, so I'm glad to be with you this morning. Absolutely, Bruce. I guess uh, I'm sure all the radio tour interviews and TV interviews you've done, everyone asks you, where were you? With uh, during the O.J. Simpson trial? So what oh, was yeah. going on? I'm what were you at? When the, when the chase happened, I was at a falafel stand on Ventura Boulevard. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. Really. Yeah, walked in and there was like 15 people jammed up against the counter. And I'm kind of a man. This I know this. It, I mean, it's good falafel, but it's not that good. What are people? Somebody, holy crap! What's up there on the ceiling? And there's a tiny little nine-inch television screen, and everybody was like, their falafels hanging in their hands, with mouths open, just watching this Bronco drive down the 405. I mean, I was thinking, I was watching it on TV, and I was just blown away. And I said, oh my gosh, because you and I probably thought of OJ in a different way. We saw him as the, uh, you know, the, the the Hertz car commercial guy, and the guy who was just the greatest to interview people and one of the the sweetest guys on television. And then this happened. But probably two new OJ yeah, yeah, in this L.A. Tremendous, yeah, yeah, this tremendously sunny public persona, and uh, which 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 was all any of us were familiar with, except those closest to him, I guess. And uh, you know, it's like when. The, it's like whatever you – that's one of the things about, you know, the, the bizarre thing about celebrity and fame and the power of the media is we – those of us who are like you and me or who are in the media, we can, we can doctor our, right. our, our sort of descriptions uh, as much as we want until somebody sort of, you know, leans over the fence and has a good look. And, uh, you know, then it's all, all bets are off because we're all human. Exactly. Definitely all human for sure. And I'm sure you watched the whole trial at times and getting the feedback and waiting for that verdict. And uh, I, I, once you got the opportunity to audition, you were, I'm sure you were excited with the cast that you were going to work with and stuff like that once you got the, the gig, weren't you? Oh, yeah. They, they called me. Yeah. Um, they said, uh, listen, to Nina and Brad, the producers want to have a talk with you and see how into it you are. And uh and I, I, I knew at that point that the script was based on Jeffrey Tubin's book, The Run of His Life. So, so I read that book before I had a conversation with them. And, and, you know, by the time I closed the last page of the book, I was like, I got to be in this. This is just too fascinating. Yeah, because we're all, it's about it's one so of the many things that we're dealing with right now. 
Sorry? Right. No, I was going to say it's a water cooler conversation. Think of how much of a water cooler conversation was when it happened, but now everyone's reminiscing again, for sure. Well, the, and the irony is, and the, so the horrible irony is, that we're, we're reminiscing about a time of cultural discontent that continues to this day, and if not, if, if, or is even more resonant than it is now, than it was then. You know, I mean, you think of the riots in L.A. that preceded this, preceded this trial, and, you know, you look at the discontent, you look what happens in, in Ferguson and, and elsewhere throughout the country and just go, wow, this, this conversation ain't over. It's definitely not over, and it leads to that conversation. And now you play Gil Garcetti, the DA, and tell us for people that, you know, might not be our age or, or you're maybe a little bit older than me, Bruce, but close to that, we all remember that time. Who is Gil Garcetti, and what was his role in this trial? Um, Gil Garcetti was the, was the DA and at that time in Los Angeles, and what the DA does is he had, he had, at that time he had about 1,100 lawyers underneath him dealing with with various suits. So he, he was the guy with li- literally over 1,000 lawyers doing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of different cases, and, and, two, of the, and two of the lawyers that were assigned to O.J. were uh, sort of walked in and said, you know, that morning... When it all happened, um, suddenly Marsha Clark was was in the driver's seat. Yep, uh, for sure. And what is your take on how the DA did this? Do you think it was a good? He did a good job, or I mean, again, uh, he lost. But did you think he fouled up in specific ways from studying this case and playing him? Um, well, no, I don't think I don't think there's you really I don't don't think you can lay blame at any one person at all. I mean, the the more you know about the about the circumstances of the trial, um, the more you realize that it's it is it is very very difficult the way given the way our our justice system works and the, given the way our justice system now is is at the mercy of of being sort of being tried in the public, tried in the media. It is it is very difficult to 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 use the, to forge ahead with the truth. Sometimes the truth doesn't matter. The truth is, you know, I mean, all you all have to do is look at what's happening in our during during an election cycle to realize that, you know, truth doesn't spend a whole lot of time front and center. Definitely, and Jeff Max, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. Do you have uh, what's the upcoming episode? What is it going to be about? This episode coming up tonight. Um, well, I think we're into episode four, and so we shot this last year. I can't tell you exactly, okay, um, from memory what uh, what's going to happen tonight. But whatever happens, you'll you'll it'll be another opportunity to go. What the? Are you kidding me? Really? That happened? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, once you see this from this point of view you're going to finally see stuff that you, you weren't able to pick up when you were watching the mainstream media cover this. And all these things. And saying, oh, yeah, Holy of cow, this, this really happened, Bruce. Really, they they uncovered it. And, and, I, and you know when the glove comes, how much is that going to get over off of the social media sphere when the whole glove portion comes? And I guess some of the other prosecutors, some of the uh, – times of the prosecution and their foul-ups and everyone's foul-up. It'll be very interesting uh, to relive all of that for sure, Bruce. 
Well, yeah, and, and of course, in this movie, you're given you're given context for what you what you could be forgiven for calling well was for foul ups, but you're given the context of these foul ups, and you realize what led to them making these these incredibly ill considered decisions at the last moment, and this uh, and that goes for both both prosecution and defense. I mean, there were there were tremendous missteps, and also some 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 genius in terms of uh, use of the media and and use of the law, the way the laws are written. The Twitter sphere was lighting up every time this is on. I already see that. I'm going to make sure I go back to on demand to catch up on this because uh, I'm just fascinated. I was fascinated by the trial now then, and I'm fascinated now. Uh, best place we can follow you, Bruce. Do you have a Twitter, or Facebook for people to kind of connect with you? No, I think there's a fake Facebook out there, a guy who pretends to be me. So if, if you see me on Facebook, it's somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of years ago, there was a Facebook site where the guy was going, yeah, me and my wife had a great holiday. Here's some pictures. And the guy pulled, like, pictures from somewhere. And So, uh, oh, no, I'm pretty under the radar that way. I've got to, I got to pull that together. But right now, is uh, there's no Twittering to be had. No Twittering to be had, so the best thing to do is just Google you and find out about Bruce and all the amazing other uh, projects he's ha- he has going on and has gone on. And uh, I appreciate you calling, and uh, definitely uh, I'm going to check everything out. And uh, best of luck with the rest of the show and the success of it. Okay, Bruce? Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks a lot. You're watch. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back. And just, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. I'm the host of the show, Neil Haley. You can go to my website, tolltutor.net, for more information. Twitter, tolltutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, tolltutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Neil Plus, and also on Periscope at Total Tutor. And when I think about this story, I remember where I was. So I'm really excited to welcome the program star of The People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story on FX, Angel Parker. Angel, thanks for calling. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much. Now, think about this, Angel. Everyone has a story about what was going on during the O.J. Simpson trial in their lives and where they were at that time. Isn't that, tr- isn't that correct? Yeah, isn't it funny? It's like, where were you, you know, 9-11, the Kennedy assassination, the Bronco chase, like just the fact that it's on that list of where were you is uh, is incredible. I'm sure. So when you were, uh, when you got this, um, were asked to do this gig, you're probably like all excited because you remember that time you hear about the history, you hear about how people talk about this and how this is going to be very successful, I'm sure, because every time anything that involves uh, that story just gets really a lot of play, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was very much a part of our American culture and uh, the Bronco chase and the verdict. I mean, there, was, there were two instances yeah. that people remember exactly where they were. I was in high school when the verdict was read, and they read it over my loudspeaker. Uh, they interrupted class and let everyone know what the verdict of the O.J. Simpson trial was, and the black kids cheered and the white kids yelled and my teacher cried. It was crazy. Um it was it was insane. So so to be a part of it, I was actually an LA native as well. I was I was born and raised in Los Angeles and lived here during the LA riots, which then caused my family to move to South Orange County the summer oh, wow. after. And our show, I know of course, our show starts yeah. with footage from the Los Angeles riots. It very much has uh, a part is a part of the story that we're telling and just the the pulse of the city at that time. But then I moved to South Orange County, San Clemente, and Nicole Brown Simpson was from Dana Point, which is the next door. It's a neighboring 
uh, city. It's it's our rival high schools. Our schools were rivals with each other, and so she was buried in South Orange County, and that's where O.J. Simpson was coming from in the Bronco chase. So he was found at the 5405 interchange, which is um, a, a big split in South Orange County, and that's where they saw him, where his Bronco was spotted. So we were very invested in this trial and in this case, and it was also like watching a telenovela. It was like, hey, what happened on my stories today when you got home? Um, what happened? Did that Cato guy show back up? You know, like it was yeah. very much a, a a reality television, the beginning of reality television in American culture. Oh, definitely, because people would stay glued uh, to the screen to watch uh, the trial. They, they court TV yeah. probably got its biggest ratings ever at that time, and saying, "Oh my gosh, they're presenting evidence today," and everyone that was part of this trial. I uh, lived in infamy for sure in specific ways. And now to bring this back, I tell you, I, when I heard about this, I said, I'm, i got to watch this. And then this happened so specifically enough. Tell us your role in the show and uh, who you play. I play Sean Chapman. She's one of O.J. Simpson's defense attorneys. I joined the trial when Johnny Cochran joins the trial. So I was one of Johnny's lawyers working with the Cochran firm, and I'd only been there a year. And then he, when he joined the Dream Team, he brought me and another lawyer named Carl Douglas with him. So it was a big, big jump in my career, in, in Sean Chapman's career, and my personal career, honestly. Oh, definitely, absolutely. And so you you jump into this this role and you have to basically I'm, we're going to learn about the character and how what the character thinks of this especially defending OJ you know that's the the big thing is uh we're going to see the behind the scenes of the show and see specifically enough what is written and the belief of defending OJ and the kind of person you know and that's the thing exactly. I remember OJ Simpson running uh the the commercials that's O.J. Simpson, and I was a huge sports fan. So when I heard this happen, I said, not O.J. And I guess we're bringing this back to that time before what people think of O.J. today, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like LeBron James or, you know, or Kobe Bryant. I mean, it, it, but bigger than that, bigger than that. I mean, he was a god, especially here in California, Um so, so yeah, but but most defense attorneys have to deal with the feelings that Sean Chapman was dealing with. I mean, if you're a defense attorney, a lot of times your clients are guilty. But the evidence that was against O.J. Simpson was a mountain to climb. And the fact that these attorneys were able to have that jury find him not guilty um, is, is incredible. So to follow that story, and even my character, Sean, when, when I show up, I show up in episode two, before we joined the trial, I'm saying, wow, you know that guy's guilty. I mean, we know people felt, had their own feelings instantly, and then you end up having to defend him. But being a woman, I uh, was one of the only women on the defense um, sympathizing with Marsha Clark. I mean, they, they villainized her. They tore her apart just for her looks, let alone for, you know, the way that she handled or mishandled the case. Um, all those stories are represented well and, and told, and, and it's very conflicting to, to be there and to have to um, find O.J. Simpson not guilty, and they did it. So it's fascinating how we got there. Have you ever played a lawyer before, or is this the first time? No, I've played lawyers. I've played doctors. I've played reporters. I sort of always dive into those kind of um, smart <laughs> know-it-all girls. And for for a girl that never went to real college, um, I'm, I'm doing pretty well for myself. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. And that's for sure. Again, it's on FX. 
the, uh, the premiere is February 2nd on FX, and uh, mm-hmm. people got to check it out for sure. I'm going to check it out. It's going to be one of them on the list of the DVR for sure, or I guess the on-demand. That's what I live through all the time, Sean. It's just like, I mean, uh, uh, Angel, it's like I anytime, that's what I do. So best place we can find information on you, Angel, is where can we go? Oh, just my name, my goodness. I'm on all those uh, all those sites, as they say, Angel Parker. Well, I wish I could talk to you longer, but best of luck. I can't wait to watch the show and tweet it out and all that stuff, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, look forward to checking it out and see the water cooler comments after the first episode. So take care. Yeah, thank you so much. You will, you will not be disappointed, so enjoy. I know it's going to be you. huge. I have a feeling. You take care now. <laughs> Thanks again. All right. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. All right, that was Total Celebrity Show. Take care, everyone. We're back to the Total Tutor Show, powered by the Beach Lifestyle Celebrity Segment. Again, wearethechallenge.com, totaltutor.net, and beachlifestyleradio.com. And I'm really excited to welcome the program former Pitt Panther and NFL star Anthony Dorsett Jr. Anthony, thanks for calling, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, brother. It's good to be talking to somebody back home. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you as well. And uh, it's it's just something about, you know, the University of Pittsburgh and Panther pride. And, and I guess, Anthony, you never lose it, do you? You know what I mean? You know the saying, hell to pit. That's right. That's right. So especially for our Pittsburgh audience, even though we're nationally uh, syndicated and we're all over the world as well, Pitt is always going to be uh, the team I always talk about. So you're my first Pitt Panther. I've had Steelers. I've had different people on uh, in your career. And I know our Pittsburgh fans might remember when you were with the Titans and how you kind of did some things to stop the Steelers at times. So that was pretty <laughs> difficult, wasn't it, playing against the Steelers? Especially, you know, Man, it was honestly, it was the one of the one of the best times that I had because my rookie year, actually the first game, uh, one of the first games that I was active was we played the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, it was it was great going home. It was always a hit in my pocket because of course I would be getting anywhere from fifteen to thirty tickets per game sometimes. So <laughs> you know that was a stretch. But outside of that, it was always good to you know at least play play at home or play the Steelers because I knew everybody at home would get a chance to play. Yeah, I agree. That must be cool, always coming home in, in certain ways, absolutely. And, Anthony, then you had a very successful uh, NFL career and uh, life after football. Tell us a little bit what's going on with life after football, then we'll get into uh, especially what we're here to talk about today. I mean, life after football has been pretty good. You know, I've been able to do a couple of things, different things. Fortunately, I was able to get into some TV and radio and things like that. And I still have my hands in that niche. I'm actually trying to get back into TV this year, so hopefully you'll see me on some network if tonight. I don't want to name any of them. I just hopefully one of them will have me. And um, outside of that, I do uh, sports performance training here in Dallas with a lot of different athletes as well. So I've been staying pretty busy. That's great. That's fantastic. And uh, one of your uh, initiatives is this Dorset Health Spectacular Tour. What made you want to do this? What was the, the reasoning What to give back in certain ways? Well, you know, pretty much it's, it's – it's always been a part of me. My mother's always been into outreach ever since I was a kid. Um, my mom used to go into a lot of, you know, crack houses and things like that to try to help people come out. If she couldn't get the guys, if people come out of the crack houses, she would at least try to make sure they had condoms and, you know, things like that so they wouldn't be transferring diseases and everything else like that. So learning from that and just seeing my family, you know, I, I'm a product of a, of, 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 of a family that comes from, you know, alcoholism, drug addicts, and things like that on both sides. So I've always been a high risk in a lot of areas. So, and um, just having my, my mother with the type of heart that she had, 
and just watching her, it just always came natural for me to honestly get involved, giving back, and trying to do different things. So, how long have you been involved uh, doing this? With the health fair? Yes, yes. Well, uh, we've been doing the health fairs now. This should be three years. Three years. So you started the process. So it must be a a large undertaking, especially going from city to city and different things, right? So it must be a large undertaking, right, uh, from city to city and uh, the different places and prevent, uh, setting up all the events? Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, unfortunately, you know, we have people who come out and donate a lot of time and a lot of their money and a lot of their efforts as well. But um, literally, you know, it's one of those type of situations, regardless of the work, it's so beneficial for the people to actually be able to take part in that. So, you know, at the end of the day, you look past the work and you look at the benefit. And that's so that's so important in the, in the process of how where you're going and where you need to go in a specific way. So tell us a little bit about the Health Spectacular, especially the one coming up in Pittsburgh and some of the events involved in it. Well, pretty much the way that it goes, when we do we do totally free screening, and we teach people how to do healthy cooking and so a couple other seminars that are involved as well. But um, the way it pretty much goes, we do screening from eyes, ears. We do cancer. We do AIDS. We do BMO. We do diabetes. We do health. I mean, um, eating disorders and pretty much everything. So if each individual person comes through and goes to every screening, they get almost up to $1,500 worth of screening per individual. So at the end of the day, you know, what, what it goes on is say, like, you know, everyone has something going on with them. If it's, you know, if it's not some type of small health issue, it may be a big one. You know, what we're able to do is we're able to benefit and help out people who don't have insurance or people who just don't have the, the means to maybe to get to the hospital or whatever. We come to the communities and come to the neighborhoods and make it a little bit easier for them if we can. Well, Anthony, that, I think that's a fantastic thing that you've come up to do. I mean, absolutely, to, to save money, to have the ability to have those tests for people as, that might have been afraid to go to a hospital to do it, but they m- might feel more comfortable at this event. Yeah, and I mean, it gives you a chance to come out. You actually get to meet some different celebrities because we always try to get, you know, some players from the city that we're in to come out and help out, show their faces as well, talk about some health initiatives, things like that. And then, you know, it's just always good to educate people because a lot of times, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, lower-income communities and things like that, just a lack of education, a lack of knowledge that has these people in a lot of their, the, the areas that they're in as far as health-wise. So as long as we're able to educate and leave some knowledge with these people, we're also able to help them get going in the right direction in a lot of other areas as far as eating right, dieting, you know, having certain ways to work out. You know, you don't have to be in the gym all the time to get a good workout, and there are ways you can do it at home as well. I think that's great, and I think that you're definitely bringing an awareness out there. And so basically for people to want to be involved in this, especially the one coming up in Alquipa, am I correct? For the, the yes, how do they how the, the date right now is October 26th. How do they get involved in that? How, especially the people that want to attend the event, but also people that would like to help as well? Well, of course, they can look me up anywhere on Facebook. We have Dorset Health Fair Facebook page. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at, Dor- at Dorset Jr. That's on Twitter at Dorset Jr. And then as well, you can also get in touch with uh, Lakeisha Womack, who you've talked to as well. And uh, you can just find out. You can give her information if you don't mind. Or, you know, I, I don't want to put it out there like that right now without talking to her. But just try to find me any way that you can. And uh, my my stuff is all over the Internet and everything else like that. So you can Google the Dorset Health Fair. There's an email that goes attached to that as well. 
and uh, just try to get in touch with us. We'll, we'll also be putting out some different information and be sending you some different stuff and get closer to it to make it a little bit easier for people to be able to contact us as well. Okay, so Anthony, tell us specifically from the other events that you've done so far in the last three years, some of the great stories that have happened from doing your event. Well, you know, we, we, we kicked the first one off actually um, in Indianapolis uh, when the Super Bowl was there. And uh, it was just such a great turnout that, you know, everyone came out. And uh, we actually had uh, Tony Dungy's sister come out and talk about health and some some eating things as well. Ty Law, a couple other players came out. And it was actually such a benefit to the people just to see not only myself but other athletes who actually cared about what was going on with them as well. You know, and, I mean, some of the success stories were just people who did not know that, say, they may have had a health issue here, a health issue there. And they were able to come and find out exactly what was going on with them. Uh, we did we did another one in New Orleans this year as well for the Super Bowl, and that turned out to be a great situation as well. We actually got a lot of the youth involved this time, and um, you know, right now you have to start teaching kids some good habits. So actually bringing the youth involved and getting them involved in this this last healthcare was so beneficial because now these kids are starting to understand like, oh, this is like a lifestyle. It's not something that you just start doing all of a sudden. If we start living right now and continue, we'll be healthy all the way through the rest of our lives. What I really like about this, Anthony, is the fact that you're doing an event like this that's so complex and, and involves a lot of time, but it's changing people's lives, their health, you're, you're bringing awareness. I think it's, it's such a fantastic uh, part of it, and then you get to also go out and meet some of the celebrities that will be at the events as well, and uh, it's a great thing. What is your ultimate goal with the Dorset Health Spectacular Tour? Where do you want, where do you mean, want it to go? I, mean, I would like for this thing to grow as big as it possibly could and be able to do, you know, several of them quarterly. You know, that's that's my ultimate goal. You know, I would like for this thing to turn into, like, a, a national event, you know, and just be able to take it all over the country and try to hit as many different cities as we can. Um, my ultimate goal is just what you said, man. It's, it's to change lives. You know, one thing about it, football gave me a platform to be able to do a lot of different things. And fortunately, you know, this is something that is, like, a lot bigger than sports or anything else like that when you get down to it. And so, you know, you just have to be able to step out there and try to make some things happen. And I'm just grateful that I'm able to try to do some things and people are willing to help me out at the same time. How are the communities responding, especially Indianapolis, after you went to the event? Were they really just really excited that you did this? Oh, man, it was such a great turnout, you know. Like, everyone came out. They gave us, like, a, a facility at a new school that they had just built out there. I mean, the turnaround was ridiculous, and I mean, they want they they want us to come back. We've been keeping in touch with them and everything else like that. So, you know, the great thing about it is like when you do an event like that, and the people want you to come back, you know, you've done something right. I mean, and, th- and that's that's so great. So they they want you back. You 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 plan the event, and then there has to be a lot of people behind the scenes, just like Lakeisha, you said, to get this uh, going. And uh, it takes it takes a lot of people to do something like this, especially volunteer people that volunteer their time and talent. And, and I'm sure in Indianapolis they did for sure. Oh yeah, and they did the same thing in New Orleans as well. You know, and the thing about it is this: you know, when people honestly look past like. Like we said earlier, you look past the work and you see the benefit of what's going on. You know, and at the same time, when these vendors come out, we're able to start up a whole different structure for them as well because they need to know who they can pass the generic drugs to as well. You know, everyone does not have copay. Everyone can't go into the drugstores and buy expensive drugs. Sometimes people have to get generic drugs as well. So this allows people to start up a generic drug database for, for different clientele, you know, and just like 
active. We do so many different things at these health fairs. We track each other's backs in a lot of ways. And I'm sure you're enthused to go back, go to Pittsburgh for this. That's exciting. Man, you know, one thing about it, to be able to hit, you know, my community in a lot of ways is so, is so meaningful and beneficial. You know, simply because that is where I'm from. And I would love to see, you know, the health of my neighborhood and just my family and everyone in that community to increasingly be so much better. So, yes, you know, to, to honestly take this back home is, is so major to me. And I just want this thing to be so great. And I can see the excitement. I, I'm hearing the excitement in you and just saying, wow, I can't wait to be there. And I'm sure that the people in your community are going to be amazed that you're coming back. A lot of professional athletes that grew up in those areas have said, you know what, I, 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 no more. I don't need you anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm a superstar. You're, you're humble enough to come back and say, hey, I'm here to use my gifts and talents that I did on the football field to help others and especially help people in my community. Those people, those people made us the people we are today. Without fans, without community, without any of that, you could never be a star in any kind of way. So, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you got to be appreciative of those people. That in fact, they even like the way that you play ball or enjoy what you did. It's so true, and I'm and I'm so happy to talk to so many athletes. And I really have to say, athletes get a bad rap when there's so many of them do foundations like you do, Anthony. I'm telling you that it's it's too bad. It's like compared to other people, public figures that are you know that are that are celebrities, you guys do so much that that's just not it does not show up in the media all the time. Well, you know, the media pick and chooses what they want to what they want to show. And more times than likely, they're, 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 they like to tear people down because they don't honestly know their individual. You know, they may know what the only thing they know about that guy is that goes on the field, the court, or whatever else. A lot of times, if they get to know these people and understand the, the outside of these people as well, they'll know that, they, you know, it's not about spreading the bad news all the time as well. You know, you got to show some success stories as well. But, you know, we're just in that, our culture is based off of that. You know, people remember the bad more than they remember the good. And you're definitely giving back, and, and I'm very, very excited, and I hope to get the chance to meet you in October at the event. Uh, I was talking to Lakeisha about it, saying I want to come and cover it and see maybe talk to some of the other athletes that will be there. So we'll definitely stay in touch. But, Anthony, again, for our listeners, where can they find information on the uh, Health Spectacular and also information on you? Anthony Dorsett Jr. on Facebook, at Dorsett Jr. on Twitter, and as well at Dorset Health Spectacular on Facebook as well. Well, Anthony, it was an honor to have you on the show. First uh, Pitt Panther I've had on, and uh, and it's so great. And uh, definitely, uh, especially with the uh, being your father is such a famous athlete as well. It was an honor to have you on the show, and uh, definitely we'll stay in touch. So good luck at the event, and I hope to meet you there. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on once again. Hail to Pitt. Uh, Hail to Pitt. I love it, Anthony. You're listening to Total Shooter Show, powered by the Beach Lifestyle Celebrity Segment. We'll be back in just a minute.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.